0: Most of us, nearly all of us, as Christians, see scripture that we have accepted as one interpretation. It is more binding than love, joy, peace. One of those is Matthew 7. Narrow is the path to life, broad, wide, is the path to destruction. Interesting though, that this verse is not talking merely or only about eternal life or destruction. It's talking about life here and now. I'll get to that in a moment. But this is Friday. You made it to the weekend for some of you. Some of us, we work on weekends, so it's still the week. But this is the day that the Lord has made. What do you got going on? Well... I got a talent show for my twins tonight. Woohoo! I'm pumped. <laughs> and my other daughter has a basketball game she'll be cheerleading at. So, we got it pretty packed out. My other daughter having some friends spend the night. So, another day in the life of Corson's. I'm sure you're the same. You got something going on. And if not, lucky you. That's what I would have to say. You might not feel that way, but you're blessed. Because you can come out to Friday night tonight at one step. My mother-in-law, Julie, will be here. She said so. So... People come out and love it. I can't wait. I'm going to come. They invited me the other day, so I got to get out there on a Friday night. I am I really do want to. Tonight, I got a talent show. Got to go to. I mean, the tickets for this talent show, hard to come by. So I can't waste those. But one of these Friday nights, I'm looking forward to coming out to One Step. Pete, well, isn't One Step for those that have an addiction or trying to recover from that. Yeah. I am addicted to corn nuts. There you go. Anyways, come on out. You'll be blessed. Greg and Taryn do a spectacular job. Trust me. You will have a great time. More importantly, a blessed time. Let's talk about the narrow road. Right after this, this old classic, and it's an old one, but a good one, Jars of Clay.
1: Dear God, surround me as I speak, bridges that I walk across I wake, and the frustrations fill the void that I can't solely bear. Dear God, don't let me fall apart. To you, but I have turned away and searched for answers I can't understand. shine.
0: My daughter, Bailey, who is 15, actually likes that song that we just heard. And she actually likes a lot of songs that are from the um, early 2000s. Not that that one was, but early 2000s or what have you. And she likes a lot of music that goes during that time. And I'm very proud of that. How did I pull that off? Getting my daughter to like the same music time era that I do. It took a lot of planning and work. I'll take a whole radio program one day to explain. Not really. Uh, I don't know, but it's cool. Anyways, listen to what Jesus said in what we call the Sermon on the Mount. Enter by the narrow gate. For the gate is wide and the way is easy that leads to destruction and those who enter by it are many for the gate is narrow and the way is hard that leads to life and those who find it are few. Those words are so profound I don't even, I shouldn't even hardly even commentate on them. The only reason I do is because it's my job. (laughs) But those words, right? I'm going to read them once more. Enter by the narrow gate for the gate is wide and the way is easy. That leads to destruction. And those who enter by it are many. For the gate is narrow and the way is hard that leads to life and those who find it are few. Jesus tells us to labor, to enter in to the narrow gate. It's interesting that the New Testament goes on to say labor, labor. To enter into God's rest. Jesus was never in a hurry. Even when he was late to his friend's memorial service, so to speak, he was right on time. So let's look at this saying, this teaching of Jesus, most who read this at the end of the day, we read many people, the way we read it is many people are on a broad way and this means a road that leads to hell. So there are more going to hell than there are going to heaven. But my opinion is that this verse that Jesus is giving is not merely talking about eternal life or eternal destruction. It's talking about life here and now just as much. Look at enter by the narrow gate. The gate is wide. The way is easy leads to destruction. The gate is narrow. The way is hard. That leads to life. It is narrow, right? Nowhere in that particular teaching Is Jesus talking about eternity solely? The narrow way is the way of rest. The broad way is the way of works, works, more works. Worry and anxiety, stress, being destroyed physically, maritally, financially, all of those things are found in the broad way. The narrow way is not the natural way. The narrow way is not the way that we would normally go. But Jesus here is offering to you and I entering in to God's rest. The only time the Bible says in the New Testament, we talked about this a couple of days ago, to be fearful is not entering God's rest. Adam, look at the guy there in the garden of Eden. He was working, right? So rest, we talk about rest. We're not just talking about resting from work, but resting in work. That the Sabbath... The Bible makes this clear that in the New Testament, the Sabbath is not merely a day. It is perpetual. It is a style of life. And you look at Adam and he's working even out of rest there in the Garden of Eden, right? His work was to tend the trees, to guide, to shepherd the animals that God brought to him. He didn't have to plant the trees. He didn't have to hunt down animals. God, look at in the Garden of Eden, God worked so man could rest. And from the Garden of Eden to the Mount Calvary, once again, Jesus worked so that we can rest. God says, believe that I have finished it. Believe that I have worked for you. As the scriptures say, for it is God who works in you. It's God who works. And that is a problem with the Hebrews, right? They couldn't enter the promised land because they heard that God had finished the work, but they didn't believe it. So they go into the wilderness for those 40 years. But when you rest, God goes to work. When you work, as it were, God rests. Because if I do something, I get the credit. But if God does it, he gets the credit. What am I saying on this morning, this Friday, here on Rogue Grace? Relax. God is in control. Trust in Jesus Christ. That is the power. To see things done to see things changed because the work is finished to the praise of his name. Aren't you glad the Bible says we are seated with Christ in heavenly places? (laughs) We're already resting eternally, as it were. I can't believe that Adam... And Eve sinned in light of the fact that all around them, they're in paradise, in Eden. Everything was declaring, everything was screaming, God is for you. And yet they still sinned. Look at, they could look at the the trees, they could look at the, the forest as it were, they could look at the creation, the animals, all of it was saying, God is for you. And yet they sinned. But then in the middle of the desert, I look at the last Adam, Jesus saying all of the desert was saying, the wilderness was saying, the devil was saying, God is against you, but Jesus stood firm. See, God is not against us any longer because we are in his son, Jesus Christ. Just like if you place a paper clip in a book, right? You can throw the book. You can shelf the book. You can burn the book. Whatever happens to the book happens to the paper clip because it's hidden inside it. That's the idea of Jesus Christ. Whatever happens to him happens to you because you are inside of him. So when I look at the curse, right? It's not fair that I'm brought under Adam's curse, that our destiny is linked But at the same time, it's not fair that through Jesus Christ, I am beloved and favored through his victory and his resurrection. So none of it's really, quote, fair in a good way, in a bad way. It is, as they say, it is what it is, right? But aren't you glad that the work is finished? That you aren't on trial, Christian, if you believe in Jesus Christ. He stood the trial on your behalf and passed with flying colors, did he not? He didn't scrape by. He didn't just barely make it. He conquered death. Stomped on it. Rose again. Just like he said he would. Thank you, Jesus. knowing that the father had given all things into his hands and that he had come from God and was going back to God, rose from supper. He laid aside his outer garments and taking a towel, tied it around his waist. He then poured water into a basin and began to wash the disciples feet and to wipe them with the towel that was wrapped around him. Jesus washed the feet of his disciples because he knew where he had come from and he knew where he was going. We just read. When you're secure, when you know where you have come from and where you are going, you are able to stoop down and serve. If you really think about it, right, you might agree that people do not serve because they're not secure in their identity. That's why we hear things or say things like, don't expect me to apologize, right? Why should I always be the one that does it? No one appreciates what I've done Well, that just shows to me that proud people are to be pitied (laughs) because they are insecure. Only once you know who you are in Christ, you know where you stand. You know where you have come from. God created you where you're going, that you're going to be in his presence. You are a child of the king. Then you can stoop down like Jesus did. When he took the towel and washed feet. Once you know where you sit, right? Where's that? In heavenly places. We saw last segment. Once you know where you sit, then you can walk. Man, do I need to to realize, remember when I'm parenting, when I'm pastoring, where I sit, then I can walk and serve just like Jesus shows us, teaches us that when you're secure, when you know where you've come from and where you are going, you're able to stoop down and serve. It says Jesus knowing where he was come from and where he was going. When you know where you've come from and where you're going, that you were made by God and you're going to God, that he is your father, then you're free to serve. You're not obligated to defend yourself, to polish your image, right? Isn't that freeing? Doesn't that sound freeing? It is freeing. Jesus has won the battle so that we can rest.
2: He never sinned, but suffered some-
0: does God want us to remind him of his mercy and love? (laughs) Is he forgetful about it? Does he have a bad self image? So he needs to be reminded that he is merciful and he is gracious and full of love. Well, God is everywhere. All present. God is all knowing as you know (laughs) but in a very real sense precisely because God is all powerful he can limit himself particularly I would like to talk to you about his son Jesus whom my dad mentioned I can't remember if it was a radio program it was a prayer meeting on Thursday night that he mentioned this insight that I not only agree with, but I'm blessed by. It was about Jesus, what he knows. Because it says, as you read before, Jesus grew as a child in wisdom and stature. So that means he grew in wisdom. It wasn't as though he was, let's say, talking the theory of relativity at four years old. He had to learn. And it also says he learned by the things that he suffered. It says that he was perfected. God was perfected. Yes. For he was God. And now he was also a man. So as God, he's perfected perfect in knowledge, and yet as a man, as Jesus, he had to learn. So, at 12 years old, he's, it says he's in the temple like we saw on Sunday, which was a brilliant sermon. Something I had never seen before in the dynamics of the traveling squad of the Jews, the men essentially in the front of the pack, the women essentially following them, And each one of them thought Jesus was with the other. (laughs) But when Jesus was 12 years old in the temple, in Jerusalem, he was asking them questions. The rabbis, the scribes, the Pharisees. He was so perfect that even as a 12-year-old kid, he took the proper posture of the culture and asked them questions. So, we look at Jesus in the tabernacle, I should say in the temple, pardon me, and you're asking, you're wondering, so why does God want us to remind him of his mercy and his love? Is he forgetful? And the answer is, well, yes, he is. I mean that reverently. I mean that awesomely. I mean that Jesus has chosen Unlike the Father and the Holy Spirit, Jesus has chosen to become a man. God the Father is not a man. The Holy Spirit is not a man. But Jesus is a man and has chosen to know what a man knows in terms of what you think about him. What you believe about him. He says, tell me, I want to know. You see what I'm saying? Does Jesus know all things? In a very real sense, yes. But at the same time, even as God is perfect in knowledge, as Jesus, he had to learn and he's still learning in my opinion. As I read the scriptures and listening to my dad's take on this only confirmed or taught me that. So why do you pray? Why do you want to talk to Jesus? Because he wants to know. (laughs) He really does. Now you talk to the father, he already knows. You talk to the Holy Spirit, he lives inside of you. He already knows. But Jesus wants to know what's on your heart and in your mind. That's why he's the friend that sticks closer than a brother. We'll be right back after this old tune. Yeah, I forgot I asked for this one. It's going to kind of seem strange after that sermon that I just gave or segment, but it's still a great song. Josh Turner, Long Black Train. We'll be right back.
3: off the souls that are lost and crying Rails of sin only evil remains Watch out brother for that long black train Look to the heavens You can look to the sky You can find redemption staring back To your eyes There is protection And there's peace The same Burn in your ticket For that long black train Cause there's victory In the Lord I say Victory Sounds so good But I must stay away That train is a beauty Making everybody stare But its only destination Is the middle of nowhere But you know there's victory
0: We go. (laughs) Old country music. All right. I can go with that. Uh, Josh. Josh Turner. Anyways, this is Pete and um, inviting you this weekend to join us at the uh, 830 service and or the 11 o'clock service. We'd love to have you come out And celebrate the finished work of the cross. Worship the name of Jesus and bless the heart of the Father together. That's your invite. Come on out. That's going to be this weekend. I'm looking forward to it very much. Man, I don't mean to sound arrogant here. But if I do, I'm sorry. But I have to ask, don't you wish you had my job? It's a great one. <laughs> Reminding people that God loves them. Reminding people to love on God. God, his son, Jesus Christ, risen from the dead. All glory to the name of Jesus this day. All praise belongs to him alone. He is the only one who has no sin. He has never disappointed a person. He's never failed a human being. He's never fallen short, ever. Jesus is perfect, and he loves you perfectly. For perfect love casts out fear, says the Apostle John. Praise God for Jesus. Thank you for tuning in to Rogue Grace. May you have a blessed Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Lord willing, I will talk to you on Monday. God bless.